This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, what does it mean for a school district to lose 1,700 students in this pandemic year? Well, we're about to find out in San Francisco, where enrollment figures reviewed by the Chronicle show a 3% drop since the end of last school year. So, where did all these kids go? Did they leave with parents who lost their jobs in the pandemic? Or parents who took advantage of remote work to move somewhere less expensive? Or did they simply switch to private schools that were open rather than closed? Our guest to try to answer some of these questions is Jill Tucker, the Chronicle's lead education reporter. Jill, thanks for coming back. Oh, my pleasure. So, Jill, we have been talking for a while about declining enrollment in San Francisco and concern during the pandemic and on certainly other school districts as well. But give us the basics. You you finally got the numbers. Yeah. So so we really finally got um, a snapshot of where the district is. We we knew all along that they had been losing students in the in the realm of a thousand or so. But what we got, um, and it's attached to a budget committee meeting, um, is is a report that really takes a look at where the district is at this moment in time. And so what they're what they're showing is that as this school year ends, they're down to fifty thousand nine hundred and fifty five students. And and that's kind of a, a record low for for at least several decades or a few decades. And um, and they lost uh, seventeen hundred students from the end of last year. So year over year um, at the end of the year. That's a lot of kids. That's a three percent drop, and um, you know when you're looking at it from a financial angle, um, you know you're talking at least ten thousand dollars per student in state funding. So that's seventeen million dollars um, in state funding down the road at some point. Um, so it's it's a significant number and one that uh, the district is really going to have to grapple with and try to figure out where these kids went and more importantly, whether they can get them back. All right. I want to ask you about that funding challenge. But first, where did all the kids go? You know, I, I don't think we know exactly that yet. I think we we know that um, some people moved away. And, you know, we've seen that in in change of address forms in San Francisco that um, 50,000 plus people um, had changes of address moving out of San Francisco. Now, we don't know who they are, right? We don't know if they're individuals. We don't know if they're families. Um, but we know they left the city. And that's a huge increase over a previous years when it was maybe closer to 17,000. So we do know that a lot of people left San Francisco. We just don't know who they are, really. Um, we can imagine that some of them are families, right? Like they left, as you said, because they could work remotely. They moved to the suburbs. They moved to other communities across California or perhaps other states. Um, and, and so we know that some people have left from moving. But we also know a lot of families got really frustrated with the schools being closed um, longer than the private schools, longer than other districts. And they either transferred into private schools or charter schools or they moved their kids to districts that were open. 
And we saw a lot of that happening as well and continuing to happen even now. Um, so, you know, I think we'll, we'll get a better idea as we move forward and we look at fall enrollment and we'll be able to see where did everybody shake out, right, after the pandemic when all schools are open in the fall? And I think we'll have a better idea then. But I think the answer right now is that kind of D, all the above, right? They 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 moved, they left uh, out of frustration. Um, they may or may not come back. All right. So for parents who did take their kids out of San Francisco public schools, was it more that they wanted uh, to not lose academic performance, keep them on track, or was it for significant struggles where they felt their kids were actually going to have either emotional issues or really fall out of school? You know, it was all of that. And every family that I've spoken to is different and they all have different reasons um, for wanting to pull their kids out of the district. I think in many ways they were they were concerned about their children's mental health or they were concerned about their children's academic progress um i spoke to one mom who said that her her first grader after she she took him out of the public schools and put him in a private catholic school in san francisco that uh, and in person that the teacher basically told her that he doesn't have enough muscle control to write because he's been on a tablet, he's been on a computer. And, you know, so these are the types of things that families are seeing and are concerned about and are are making those decisions to move, made those decisions over the course of the year to, to move to a reopened school, which many private schools in San Francisco were reopened already, um, or even now pull them out out of frustration from the district um, over this past year, over all the controversies and turmoil and lawsuits and all of that, and just said, you know what, we're done. And um, we're going to go to a charter or a private school where you just don't have the mass bureaucracy, you don't have that level of dysfunction that we've seen, um, and we're moving on. And for many of these families, it's a devastating decision for them because, you know, the mom that I spoke to with the with the boy who, who couldn't hold a pencil, um, she was a co-chair for the PTA. Like she was heavily involved in the public schools. So this is a devastating decision, I think, for a lot of families, but one that they felt forced to make. Well, if that's the case with with San Francisco schools hoping to open in the fall and planning to open, won't we see a lot of these kids come back in the fall? You know, I, I don't know. Um, we're actually already seeing, based on the report um, from the uh, Budget Committee, um, they're already seeing a decline in kindergarten enrollments. And so they're for the fall. And so parents who are signing their kids up, they're down 10% from previous years at this point in terms of enrollment for the next kindergarten class. Um, now, overall, it's not that big of a decline. But I think the question is, all they're seeing right now are the families that had to apply for a seat. And so that's new kindergartners, sixth graders, ninth graders. But let's say you have a third grader. Um, you're already enrolled. You don't have to apply for a new seat. You would just come back in the fall. Now, how many of those families have already decided not to come back in the fall? And they're just going to unenroll over the summer. The district can't see those people yet. So we aren't going to know how many kids come back or don't come back um, 
uh, we won't see that until they do what they call the 10-day count, which is how many students do you have on the 10th day of the school year? So we will see those statistics. Um, so usually we see them sometime in um, September or October. All right. I want to take a quick break, Jill. When we come back, I want to ask you about what happens when a school loses or a district loses funding and, and loses enrollment. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth Emission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa, joined by Chronicle's lead education reporter, Jill Tucker. We're talking about the drop in enrollment in San Francisco public schools. Jill, I wanted to ask you about what this means, why it's a big deal. It's certainly something that you've covered over many years when schools lose enrollment, and it's happened in a lot of big cities in the Bay Area, but it, it sort of seems to have cascading consequences at times. Yeah, you know, declining enrollment for school districts is a difficult financial thing. And, um, you know, we've seen it in Oakland and other districts uh, across the region. When you lose students, uh, you lose state funding because you get state funding based on kids going to school, how many kids you have going to school every day. And so when you have declining enrollment, you still have to keep the lights on, right? You still have to keep the buildings open. It doesn't even mean that you need that many fewer teachers. Um, so your bills kind of stay the same, but you're getting less money from the state. And so when a district like San Francisco is facing, let's say, an estimated 1,700 loss of students, um, that's a big financial hit. Now, to be clear, the state is realizing that the pandemic has brought havoc to the districts. A lot of families have just kept their kids home in homeschool or pods or other types of things. And so they they basically are holding districts harmless, meaning they aren't going to ding them for enrollment declines this coming year. So they're going to be fine this coming year. They'll get the same amount of money that they've been getting. The following year in 2022 is when they could take a major financial hit. So it, it, it's, it, it depends on the district, but let's say it's about $10,000, $12,000 per student. You're talking millions and millions of dollars. Now, in a district like San Francisco, where they already have a budget shortfall, they're already anticipating in coming years of, you know, up to $100,000, $100 million in deficit. And then they're going to be adding $17, $20 million in less funding from the state because of enrollment. It's a massive issue. And, you know, so they're going to be fighting really hard to get students to come back. And this is a district, actually, that they have anticipated, they have predicted because of the baby boom in San Francisco, that they were going to get 5,000 more students by 2030. And now they're having to recalculate all of that because of this pandemic year. 
So given that, what does the district need to do and, and what do district leaders talk about needing to do to make sure that they get as many kids as possible? You know, so they're formulating that right now. You know, part of their discussions in the budget committee and a, 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 on the school board in general is what do they need to do to 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 lure families back, to restore the faith in the district? Um, it's been a really tumultuous year for San Francisco Unified. I mean, th- currently, one school board member is suing five other school board members for $87 million over tweets made in 2016 that remain online. Um, that's Allison Collins with with tweets that were anti-Asian. And, um, you know, at the same time, they've had they've made decisions on renaming schools that were super controversial that they then rescinded. So there's and then the superintendent resigned uh, to retire and reverse that. So now he's staying. It's just been a crazy year for the district. And so this adds just an incredibly stressful layer of what do we do now, right? We we have a district that is coming off just absolute controversy and turmoil and, you know, and we need to lure families back. And I think they're looking at a lot of ways about, you know, putting programs in schools, supports in schools. Um, but, but there are, you know, there, there are going to be some long-term implications. What we're seeing in this data is that the, um, the, the, uh, that white students, white families were more likely to leave over the past year. And we're seeing a 55% drop in kindergarten applications from white families. And, and often, you know, depending on the communities, um, oftentimes the white families typically might have more money. Um, you know, you're, you're looking at a loss of, of diversity in the schools. So there, there could be long-term impl- implications for um, what we're seeing this year during the pandemic year. Yeah, we talked a lot in the past about Black families leaving San Francisco and the loss there uh, because of a lot of factors, including policies that the city has had. Is there anything in this data where you are seeing by race reasons for people leaving the public schools? No, you know, I think what's what's really missing from this, these are just flat out numbers and they certainly could be interpreted in any ways. What we are seeing is that across demographics, we are seeing a net loss of families. So based on race, ethnicity, whether wealthy or uh, low income, um, we're seeing at English learners, special education students, homeless students, foster youth. Um, they range in the the number, but we're seeing net losses across all of those groups. And and so this is not just one demographic group. This applies to all of them. And so you know, there's some pretty universal reasons. You know, this pandemic, um, the way it's hit families financially with jobs and other things. Um, and with with at schools being closed, a lack of childcare, um, it's just been devastating for a lot of families. And I think these numbers uh, really reflect um, that devastation on on so many different levels um, for so many families. And one other thing I want to ask you is just about private schools and about homeschool programs and private programs. We've seen a a big flowering of those in recent years and during the pandemic. I mean, if people are leaving for private schools, what does this say about switches in in funding and, and what people are choosing? 
Yeah, I think, you know, what what that means, and, and when I was talking to um, the, a mom, you know, who, who left the school, the public schools, you know, what she, she, it hurts her, it's painful, because she realizes that she has the means to leave. But what does that mean if all of the families, you know, that have privileges and the ability, the financial ability to leave, who does that leave behind? What does that mean for the public school system in terms of, you know, the 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 needs of the students that remain, um, you know, the the just in general, the demographics of the district and and you know, so it'll it'll be really interesting to see did did these families and we'll we'll be able to start seeing some of this again in the fall. Um, you know, did they go to private schools or private schools? Really, we, we've seen a lot of private schools close in San Francisco in recent years. You know, are we reversing that trend? San Francisco already had one of the highest percentages of private school enrollment in the country. And so um, it'll be interesting to see how all of this shakes out when we get back to quote unquote normal. Um, I think, you know, coming out of this pandemic, we're all still figuring out what that means. You know, are, are people still working from home? Are, you know, kids going back to school? Which school are they going back to? And so a lot of this is going to keep playing out. But I think, uh, you know, it, it really does seem to me, at least for the schools, that this pandemic will have a very long lasting impact on school districts like San Francisco, financially, demographically, for years and years and years to come. All right, Jill. Well, let's leave it there. Thanks for taking the time. Oh, sure. Anytime. Thanks to my guest today. She's Chronicle lead education reporter, Jill Tucker, to King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. <laughs>